everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Pulling the Strings podcast, as always, powered by Puppet. Uh, my name is Ben Ford. I'm the ecosystem product manager here at Puppet, and I'm pretty active in the community as Ben for 2K. We may have talked in the past. Today, we're talking with Molly Ertl and Milad Greshi uh, about a new project that we've got uh, uh, coming out. You may have seen it already. It's, it's the uh, ServiceNow uh, plugin for Puppet, the extension for Puppet, I should probably say. And it's a little bit unlike any of the uh, the things that we've built before. So we're going to talk about some of those paradigm shifts. It's, it's really pretty cool. So Molly's been with Puppet for uh, about a year now, and she's led a, a, so the integrations team through some uh, deployments with ServiceNow and Splunk, a few other things. Um, and one thing that I know about her is that she's really enjoying working at uh, the kind of company where product management gets to sort of touch that whole process, the, 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 the whole go-to-market process where, where she can influence all the way out to the, uh, where the customer is living. And it, a, kind of a personal note about, about Molly is that she coaches a lacrosse team and it, it's always, she always like regales us with these stories about how their team is doing and some, some of the things that they've been up to. And I heard that you had a pretty big win recently, Molly. Do you want to uh, tell us about your, your team? Yeah, sure. So uh, happy to be joining the Pulling the Strings podcast today. Um, yeah, as, as mentioned, I do coach lacrosse. So I coach both a high school team and then also a club team for high schoolers. So um, when we're not in the spring, which is the high school season, we'll be playing club lacrosse. And we have both um, gotten some good success on the high school field. I, I coach at Lasseter High School, a little shout out. Um, and then our club team, Atlanta Storm, they recently just got the highest ranking in the state of Georgia, which hasn't happened in quite some time for the club that we coach for. So they're reaching lots of successes, hoping to place some girls into college and hopefully they'll be able to then turn around and also coach lacrosse. So it's a, it's a fun side hobby. That's really cool. It, it sounds like it kind of reinforces like community. How it lets, lets people uh, uh, grow from there. Absolutely. That is, that is the goal. So uh, Milad is a software engineer here. Uh, he's been with Puppet for uh, nine months or so. Um, and an interesting thing about uh, about him is that he came from a different background from a lot of our uh, existing software engineers. He didn't really know a lot about Puppet. He came with a different paradigm. And, and we'll talk about that in a little bit too. But he's worked with a lot of ServiceNow customers with like all of the, the different acronyms. And, and he's done all kinds of customer engagement to software development and training and, and everything. And like one of the things about this guy is that he's very, very focused on solving problems for uh, for customers. And I think that that on, especially on a small team that is focused on building a solution for our, our actual customers, uh, solving a problem for our customers. I think that that kind of uh, approach is something that uh, is really, really beneficial. And it's really like, I, I have to admit, I'm, I'm kind of jealous about this because this is a thing that I've always wanted to do, but he's a uh, certified su uh, scuba diver. And he, he told me the other day that he had, he got a, a baby leopard shark once. And I'm really curious to hear the rest of that story. Yep. Uh, hi, uh, hi Ben. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, I'm happy to be joining this podcast. Um, yeah, I uh, actually caught a baby shark once. Uh, uh, I wasn't do I didn't caught that while uh, scuba diving. I was, I caught that while, while, while I was fishing by the ocean, but uh, it was really fun. It, it actually, the, the shark actually uh, bite my shirt while I was letting it go. So <laughs> it was it was really fun, uh, and yes, as you said, I'm really passionate about uh, solving uh, a customers' 
problems. I really like to listen to what they need and understand uh, their uh, their desire and translate it to to, to software. So uh, that's my goal here. That's such a critical skill to have too. I think is like because the things that people ask for aren't always the things that they need. Um, and getting to understand like what problem they're actually solving so that you can solve that problem and not just the words that they're saying. I think that that's a super important skill to have. Yes, I, I actually learned this uh, with working with so many customers that like actually understanding their need is actually really hard sometimes, but uh, it's really important to understand what exactly they need and make a product that it's user-friendly and does what they need to do. It's really important. Right on. Um, so maybe Molly, maybe you could tell us how we decided that ServiceNow was a, a a priority. How did we decide that that was the thing that was going to solve our customer problems? Yeah, so really, it originated with our our customer feedback. Um, obviously, at Puppet, we're customer driven, and there's no use in producing products if they're not driven by what customers are looking for. So we got plenty of feedback from customers saying we already work with ServiceNow, we already work with Puppet. How do we start to bridge the gap there? Um, in looking at Puppet's user base, we found that roughly 80% of Puppet's users also have ServiceNow. Oh, wow. That's really high. So from that metric alone, it became um, an, an really a no-brainer as to why we needed to have this integration. And that, in fact, not only did we need to have it, but it needed to happen soon. We saw many customers building their own custom applications that were trying to do exactly the same thing that we've just produced in the two applications we've gone live with. Um, so I'd say just understanding that that customer need, we realized very, very quickly that ServiceNow is going to be playing in the ITSM, ITOM space here for a while. And Puppet needed to be able to work with that so that our customers have, have a much easier closed cycle as far as it goes um, or as far as it relates to DevOps and ITSM. Yeah, I remember um, be before doing some of the, the roles that I've done now, uh, my first uh, job here at Puppet was uh, professional services. And I remember that some of my first engagements were literally building like baby's first service now attempt where like kind of that single pane of glass where you could point and click and type some values and then Puppet would go do the things to sort of abstract away what Puppet, uh, like the, the power and the complexity of Puppet. So I... I totally see the, uh, that as a desire. That's that's pretty cool. Yep, absolutely. We saw more and more of our customers were starting to play with what those integrations could look like from a customized solution. So we we thought, you know what? ServiceNow obviously has a large market share. We've got that overlap. Why don't we make life a little bit easier for our customers so they don't have to do it themselves? So absolutely. But it, I'll, I'll admit that I'm not an expert on ServiceNow, but from what I know about it, it kind of focuses on work much different, like like a very different paradigm from how Puppet works. Uh, could you uh, sort of explain how that works and how that interacts with Puppet and how, how you like approach solving a problem with the, the whole integrated two products? Yes, absolutely. Um, so yeah, it, we do live in, in separate spaces that we see complementing each other. Um, previously, there were two, what we would say, siloed operations happening. And that's sort of the action-oriented side versus process-oriented. We see Puppet being able to fill that action space while ServiceNow is really an expert in the process-oriented space. So basically how we bring that barrier down and then how we tee up Puppet basically to be that back-end piece that's being used to execute the tasks 
that are embedded in that process oriented piece. Um, from just a company mission standpoint, I would say those are those are some of the two biggest differences. Um, I'll pass it to Milad to get into some of where we found the terminology differentiated just from um, Puppet to, to ServiceNow and what maybe some of our engineers were used to in that space because we found some differences there too. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so for uh, ServiceNow and Puppet have different terminologies on some stuff. Uh, for example, uh, we have uh, nodes and agents in Puppet, which is CIs in ServiceNow, CIs and asset in ServiceNow, like change management means something else in Puppet, catalog uh, means something else in ServiceNow, and means something else in Puppet. So we, we had to actually get used to this terminology here to be in the same page while uh, creating this application. And Milad, what, what does CI stand for? It's a configuration item. Okay, so, so in, a, in a configuration item, is it necessarily uh, limited to just one single node, right? It might, it, it might encompass several? It can, be, it can be a server, it can be a switch, it can be a router, it can be many things. I like that. So, and, and it can encompass uh, like, like all the changes that go into uh, making, like deploying one sort of thing. It's, it's a little bit like a pull request on GitHub has, you might touch different files or you might only be on one, uh, one file, but it's all related to that one single thing that you're trying to change or improve. Correct. So what sort of, it, I mean, translating between these, these different paradigms has got to be a, a challenge. I know that even just thinking about it as a, as a user of this, it, it, there's some different kinds of like different ways of thinking that go into it. Like I'm thinking about what is my end result that I'm trying to get to versus how, like what is the code that I need to write to uh, do the things. What sort of challenges are there from a technical standpoint? Like what did you run into? Yeah, there were some technical challenges here too. Like I'm, I'm coming from a service not background and uh, I had to, work back and forth with the with the team here to uh so we can get into the same page of understanding what what we need to do technically for our application and for example um in ser ser puppet group stuff by node classification but service now group group it by access so it's all access control in service now it's all about what user have access to uh versus what the uh, uh node can do and also, uh, like in ServiceNow, ServiceNow uses an internal code workflow called update set. And they, like, we don't use uh, GitHub or Git in ServiceNow. And that was, that was one of the challenges we had to go into uh, because we use Git, Git and GitHub here in Puppet all the time. And we had to go away from it uh, with this specific applications we were making because uh, it was it was easier to do uh, with updates and service now. Hey, when you say, um, you, you, I think you said the phrase it groups by access instead of by nodes, um, and uh, talking about like what users have access to. Uh, do you mean like, uh, let me think of an example, like like maybe somebody who is managing the website might have access to the web server configuration and content on all the nodes, but nothing else on all, all the servers or? Yes, that can be it, that can be it. But it can be really uh, details in ServiceNow. If you, the access control can go really details. You can, you can, you can say what serve, like if, if, you, if you want to talk about the CMDB stuff and, and specifically nodes, what we call in, in, in Puppet, yes, we can say 
for this specific CI, like this, this person needs to have a role to see only these type of CIs. And it needs to see only these informations about these CIs. That it can be that details about the access. So ra- rather than individuals having like uh, access to an entire a server top to bottom, you could have something like a uh, like a security team that could uh, could lay out a firewall and and syscontrol and et cetera kind of access rules for all of your nodes but they don't get to touch all of your applications. And then different application teams could have access to the application parts to go onto the nodes that they're, they're running on. Yes. But nobody has access top to bottom. Yeah, um, yeah admin does. So okay. it's not admin does, yes. That's a really interesting uh, uh, model because it, it lets you, like that's something that we've struggled with quite a bit in when deploying uh, uh, Puppet infrastructures is like how do we share that, uh, that access and how do how do we inter- interact with different teams so that they can all uh, manage the things that they need to without stomping on on each other? Um, we have some things that we're working on uh, in that will be coming out in the uh, near future, but right now that's a, a, a something that's real hard to do with Puppet. So I'm I'm glad to hear that uh, how this is interacting with with service now. I think that's a big deal with us. And I'm sorry, I think I, I interrupted the the what we were talking about is the challenges you're working on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, no, no worries. Uh, yeah, I can continue with that. Um, yeah, the other challenge we had was um, so ServiceNow is actually a framework that has a JavaScript on top of it, and it's the the, the coding hierarchy is different. Like for as an example. Uh, ServiceNow uses uh, some uh, unique global classes. The user can use uh, global, uh, global objects uh, of those classes uh, and run methods off of that. And our team, so this is this is very specific to ServiceNow. So the, our team who who were really comfortable with uh, with uh, like all different um, languages, even JavaScript, didn't know about this stuff. So they had some learning to do. With these uh, new new ways that things can be done in service now, is that something like how we have global fact? When you're writing puppet code, you have global facts that anybody can access. Yes, it is. It is the same thing. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, I'm following now. Yeah, <laughs> and, and also service now has its own internal packaging tools, and uh, so we have like in service now we have uh, global versus scoped application packaging which is which is uh, which are like different so like some some functions or methods work in in global global but doesn't work in scoped application we have to find some workaround for that like there were some challenges related to those two that we had to go through and i think that was that was kind of it I like that idea of, of having like scoped access to like or, or scoped objects that you work with. Um, one of the things that happens with Puppet because the Puppet language itself compiles out to a flat catalog is that even when you're working with, with scoped objects, they end up being global because they get put into that very flat namespace. And that makes it totally makes sense because if if one person says service Apache running and the other person says service Apache stopped, like you can't have both of those states. Um, so it it sort of has to go out to that global state, but it does make it real easy for people to stomp on each other. And, and yes, yes, exactly. In service, sorry to drop, but in service now, you actually like the the application we built is a scoped application, right? So 
we have we built an scoped application. If we want people to interact with our application from a different scope, we have to actually set that in our application. And and you can put like a boundary there, and you say like, hey, this yes. is my application, and you can't I- interact with that from a, another mm-hmm. space. Yes. Um, okay, that's cool. So how did like like when did we first sort of identify these differences, and and how did we uh, how did we know that we needed to bring somebody who understood this onto the team? I think that's mostly a Molly question, and, and maybe Milad could talk about coming on. Yeah, so so when we recognized that there was the appetite for the ServiceNow modules, um, we did start with the Puppet 2 ServiceNow solutions, so creating modules for the Forge. And these modules still exist. They've been they've been successful. Um, they're, we're working to get them to support it and um, still still maintaining those modules. But we started to realize that really the appetite was coming from the ServiceNow store and the ease of use as far as installation and execution via the ServiceNow store was something we wanted to lend ourselves to. Um, obviously, there are different process and, and workflow changes that we needed to understand from the ServiceNow side and knew that Malad's expertise in ServiceNow and having consulted with the product before was something that we needed if we wanted to become even more amicable to ServiceNow and how we want to interact with their interface. Um, so we knew that we needed that familiarity and that uh, w- while we understood what the product was and, and we're coming from a puppet-focused perspective, I'd say, on what these integrations needed to look like, it was a breath of fresh air to, to have Malad's perspective on how customers actually have used ServiceNow in the past, how we can create our products to be easily digestible by customers. Um, so we needed some of that. We needed that understanding of how it's actually being used in the field and, and how we meet that standard and then also exceed it. Yeah, the kind of the subject matter expertise and not even just like the book knowledge, but like the, uh, the, the field knowledge of actually doing it is that's invaluable. I'm, I'm curious to know what it felt like coming on board. Uh, Milad, did you come here and go, oh my God, what are, what are, what are we all doing? There's, this is like totally different. Uh, I actually joined the team um, and like within the second week, we started working on the applications and um, they were actually doing pretty good, but there was some uh, stuff that like they needed to know about ServiceNow. Otherwise, uh, like when you go through that uh, uh, service not certification process, uh, you will have issue if you don't do it uh, the best practice way. So I had to bring, bring those on the table. And uh, yeah, our team was doing pretty good, but uh, we, we actually built this application together and um, I'm really happy it's out there for customers to use. Yeah, one of, one of the things that I often say about uh, DevOps like the, the, the entire DevOps industry or practice or whatnot, is it, it's not really about the tools or the processes themselves, but it's more about like having that shared language so that we all, we can all interact and work together and, and push changes through regardless of who's doing which part of the changes. Uh, and it sounds like that's a lot of what you did is, is sort of like tr- translate some of that language and get us so that we, we came up with this, this shared way of, of interacting. Mm-hmm. You are absolutely right. I was their translator. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we could sort of step back a little. We've we've been sort of talking about things at a kind of theoretical standpoint here. Like, like we get to do scoped things. We get to there's global objects, etc. But what are some of the 
like the 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 concrete things that this service now integration allows us to do now that that were difficult with puppet before like how did how does this extend in concrete ways the the uh capabilities of puppet yeah i'll I'll take this from a high level and then also um pass it to Milad if he has anything to add but really what it does is it allows for puppet data to be more accessible and then makes puppet as it's as a platform also more accessible so where i spoke earlier about us wanting to position puppet as that action engine really what this does is it allows more and more people to use puppet as that action engine because you won't actually need to know puppet code you don't have to be familiar with puppet on that on that deep level instead if you are proficient in service now and have an understanding of how to utilize Puppet, we've been able to do so via the ServiceNow interface. Um, so, so with the spoke specifically, you're able to trigger those tasks from ServiceNow. And then with the Service Graph Connector, you can just map your data. It's a one-time mapping. And then all of your data has now populated into the CMDB. Um, so we see it, it's, it's mutually beneficial between the two that you then have a fully populated database, and then you're actually able to take action on top of that data, um, which we see taking action on on bad data as, as useless. So that's why we wanted to ship both of these in pretty close proximity as far as timelines go so that they're both able to be used in conjunction. Now, some of our uh, audience might be in that 20% that's using Puppet but not using ServiceNow. So what, what are, uh, there are a couple of words in there that maybe weren't familiar. Like what's the, uh, what's the spoke and what's the, the service graph? Yeah, I can, I can actually explain that. Uh, so we actually shipped two applications so far on the ServiceNow store. One is service graph connector for Puppet and the other one is Puppet spoke. These two applications are, uh, they're doing different things, but they're really good to use together. Uh, uh, service Graph Connector does uh, import all the facts related to your data from your Puppet Enterprise to CMDB, uh, to ServiceNow CMDB. And it can bring even all your um, custom facts. So you can have rich data in CMDB and you can exactly see what you need to do uh, in order to uh, prevent uh, outages and, on, and so on, right? So you have better data in CMDB with Service Graph Connector. It, you can just definitely specify what facts you need to bring in. I'm not going to go really in details into that, but there are so many things you can do with Service Graph Connector. You can you can say I only want to bring in Windows facts, or window uh, like Windows machines facts, uh, or or Linux and so on. It sounds like what the Service Graph Connector is doing is is kind of taking all of the insights that Puppet has into your infrastructure and your different nodes, and sort of just sharing that with uh, uh, ServiceNow. So it also now has all those insights that you can make decisions on. Yes, that's true, and and that's really valuable because when you have more data, you can make better decisions, right? And for Puppet Spoke. Uh, what Puppet Spoke does is, uh, like, like we realize there is a there is a gap here. So let me explain to you what ServiceNow user without having this as Puppet Spoke application specifically specifically needs to do to resolve a, an issue, right? So let's say let's say there is a server needs to be uh, a, a, a patch needs to be installed on the server, right? Then in ServiceNow they create a ticket and the ticket will get assigned to someone. And that person needs to uh, create a sub-ticket, probably, assign it to a Puppet admin, so Puppet admin can go log into Puppet Enterprise 
install that patch using Puppet, and then come back to ServiceNow, manually add the result to the subtask, close it, and then the agent can close the main task. You, you follow here? <laughs> that sounds absolutely miserable. And also, I've seen that process in so many different workflows, not, not just ServiceNow, but everywhere. Cut and paste. Believe it or not, this is how it works nowadays. I work with so many customers and this is the way they do stuff. That's why as soon as I saw this opportunity, I was like, yes, we should, we should definitely make something that make customers' life a lot easier. And, and now if they have Puppet Spoke, uh, if, if they have a ticket created for, let's say, uh, doing the same thing, like uh, installing the patch on the server, they can easily go to portal, ServiceNow portal, and submit a form, which is, can, the form can call, like, uh, install a patch on a machine. They can select the machine they want to install the patch on and submit. They don't have to do anything else. What, what that does is send a request to Puppet Enterprise, automatically does the work, and send the result back to ServiceNow, populate it into, into that uh, request item, and that's it, and they'll be done. And the, the thing we try to do, uh, we try to actually build a lot of these uh, tasks for them out of the box so they know how it's done. Uh, so we, we ship our application with, uh, with uh, I believe, seven six or seven tasks that they can use. Like it's uh, uh, manage packages, manage service, run a command, and so on. And if if they want to create more tasks, it's really easy. They can they can follow what they've created. We created one single workflow that will use that that will work with everything. They can use that with any other tasks and do whatever they want to do. So we try to make it as user friendly as possible, and uh, and this this will make their life a lot easier. Right, and it fills the gap that I was just mentioning. Yeah, I I, I like that a lot. It. It sounds to me like something that you're saying is that maybe maybe configuration management can be a little bit more democratized and, and like get it to the people who are actually needing the change rather than having uh, like gated tiers where only like the, the, the puppet gurus are the ones that get to touch the code or not. So like if a, uh, a support tier just needs to get a service like restarted or a mail queue cleared or something like that, mm -hmm. They don't need to involve like a whole bunch of experts. They can just like use the tools to make it happen. Exactly. It will be faster. It will less. It will. It will use less uh, people to do the work. So it will be uh, cheaper for for companies. It's like the golden ticket you're talking about here. I'm real <laughs> excited. Um, so so working with an external marketplace. I mean, uh, I don't know a whole lot about the the ServiceNow marketplace, but. Uh, it seems like there might be challenges uh, kind of working with different teams and getting uh, things approved and getting getting it put onto the different marketplace. And I don't know anything about it, so I'm kind of, you know, pulling things out of the air here. So what what, what was that like? Yeah, it was a, it was a process that, um, you know, we just, we learned as we went. And um, I, I think there are things that we now know in hindsight, it's always 2020, um, about things that we could have done better, things that went well. I would say that one of the biggest adjustments is as a product manager, trying to communicate timelines for something that you're also dependent on an external stakeholder for. Um, so when we wanted to go live with something and try and communicate what that timeline looked like, we had to factor in that you have buffer time that 
you're working with a large scale company in service now. They obviously have their plates full on what they're doing with these different programs. And then on top of that, we also had to have beta customers for the service graph connector itself. So it's kind of trying to almost braid these three different um, threads that were coming in as far as using an external customer for the beta, working with ServiceNow, and then obviously the, the puppet component and trying to get those all to align at some times was tough. Um, we've, we've had some great champions, both at where our, our beta was conducted and then also with where we, we had help with ServiceNow. Um, but yeah, I would just say from that timeline perspective that sometimes you're just sitting and waiting and we, we would fill with other development that our engineers could take a hold of. But um, it was sometimes just a puzzle of trying to make timelines work for everybody involved. I imagine that there's a, a, a lot involved with that. I only saw like some of the, the things pass by, but it always blew my mind how much like back and forth that, that there was going on there. Yes, definitely a lot of back and forth. But that's cool, though. I mean, it, it's like making sure that we're all on the same page and making sure that we, we get all the right boxes checked and everything. It seems like that that leads to like a higher quality user experience. It does. Yeah. And then you start to learn a lot more. If, if you want to create a product for something like ServiceNow, you want to understand their thinking behind what these workflows are, why certain programs involve a beta, why others don't, what their priorities are. So that's something that we learned as we worked closer and closer with ServiceNow as you start to understand where those priorities are. And we definitely took away some things that, you know, our, our best practices in the space that we have started to inject and in how we then iterate on our products as far as beta testing goes and things of that nature. So yeah, while at, while at times it was, you know, twiddling our thumbs a little bit on, all right, well, we're now we're, we're waiting for feedback or we're waiting for certification process. That was also a great time to reflect on what we want to do as far as our testing and go to market and some of those that we then had the opportunity to dive a little more deeply into. I like that a lot. And I think that that probably is is a really good uh, note to close on. Um, it sounds like like the common thread that I'm hearing through uh, all the things that we're talking about here today is that solving customer problems and then sort of focusing on that user experience, that end user ex experience of what it's like to use your tools, that has to be the prime focus. That has to be the thing that, that we're delivering, regardless of what we do on the back end, regardless of what tool we're building um, or how it works. And I think that that's, that sounds like that's what this whole team has been focusing on and what these uh, tools do. Absolutely. Our main focus was to make this application as user-friendly as possible and also uh, easy to configure. Users can download either Spoke and Graph Connector and it, they don't need to do much. We built already for everything for them. They, need, they just need to make connections aliases and uh, connections and, and credentials for their connection aliases and they're good to go. Um, they can they can just use the application now. So it, that was our main goal because I, I I know how frustrating it is to to want to use something and have to like go through a lot of uh, like setup configuration and stuff to make it work. So we our main focus was to make it as easy as possible, hopefully, for, for customers. Yeah, I know that anytime I'm going through a README, it's like each configuration step on its own is not that big of a deal, but it's almost like exponential of like my my stress level of, of, <laughs> of whether I'm doing it right, you know? Definitely. So uh, how do people actually get to the tool so they can uh, try it out? They can uh, they can log into uh, store.servicenow.com and look for Puppet, and those two applications will show up, Service Graph Connector for Puppet and uh, Puppet Spoke. Uh, 
these applications are free if customers have uh, public enterprise and also a ServiceNow for Spoke, they just need to have ITSM licensing. For Graph Connector, they need to have ITOM. So that's the only thing. Other, other than that, it's free to use. And do they need any like supporting puppet modules from the Forge or anything, or is it just they all? Don't, they don't need anything. No, they don't need anything. Just click it and install and go. I love yep. it. Okay, so what if people have ideas for you, like uh, feedback or or ways that it can uh, uh, be improved in the future? Um, how should they get in touch or or share these ideas with you? Yes, we have actually our email address attached to uh, to the uh, application in the store. They can definitely send us email and uh, let us know what they need to see in the in the next version of the application. And we have we have our list of requests. We we can definitely get them. We have actually. A lot of things uh, added to the applications are uh, spoke uh, version 1.1 will be out really soon. And we have added so many things to it. They uh, like multiple public enterprise support, um, and node group support, and a lot of different things. So yeah, they can ask for anything they want to use and we can definitely uh, work, work on it. And I'll also add there too, um, reviews can be left via the ServiceNow store. So that's one forum also to get us feedback in that way. And then additionally, we also use Product Board and have a, pl- a public portal there to gather not even just ServiceNow related feedback, any feedback as far as what integrations folks would like to see with Puppet. Um, so that so we have that link as well that's um, on Product Board. So if we've got an easy way to share out links, then... I'm happy to to send that out as the URL is a bit of a mouthful. You uh, uh, stole my thunder a little bit there, Molly. I was <laughs> I was gonna uh, interject with that. Um, <laughs> I actually uh, put together a short link for it uh, just a bit ago. So at pup pt slash ideas, and then just navigate to the proper tab across the top. Amazing, and that'll be the integrations tab for anything ServiceNow and and Splunk or whatever it might be related. Any third party tools, we'd love to hear feedback. Right on. And yes, we'll, we'll make sure to include the links in the uh, show notes down at the bottom. So are, are you, uh, either of you active in like the community Slack or social media, or if people have, uh, if, if they just want to like bounce ideas off you uh, personally, are you uh, available? Absolutely. We've, we've done that with a few customers in the past. We'll continue to do so. Right on. And that I think is a wrap for today. Some great uh, information and a great new paradigm and a, a, a Amazing way to think about Puppet and more kind of user-centric workflows. And honestly, I hope that this is something that we explore more in the future. Um, So once again, thanks for uh, being here uh, on our show. And thank you all for listening. Uh, Here we are, Pulling the Strings podcast, powered by Puppet. And we hope to see you next time. Bye.